Kevin Crossover Podcast, man. We back again to talk about everybody's favorite NBA team, the Washington Wizards. Uh, I'm your host, Jack. You know what it is at this point. Follow me on Instagram at jack.season. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jack underscore Skolnick. We got a lot to talk about today. But before we get into it, let me toss it over to my Doug. What's the word, Kyle? And I've just been watching basketball all day. It's MLK Day. You know, we got to got to always, um, you know, remember why we're here, you know, what he did, what he, you know, the what he paid for us, number one. But, um, you know, it's some good basketball on today. And I've been watching, you know, some games, been watching the Wizards play. Um, we could get into that a little bit later. But, um, you know, right now I got the Grizzlies on against Phoenix. Uh, Grizzlies are cooking them, which I'm not surprised about, but. Hey, you know, Tex always used to say he, he would joke around. He'd be like, "Hey, Kyle, Kyle's a closet Grizzlies fan. I wa- I watch the Grizzlies because I like Ja, but we all know, you know, I'm a Ja closet Grizzlies fan. I like that. I mean, you'd be justified in your decision to do that. Hey, I mean, here's the thing: like, I've been to Memphis multiple times, so it's not like. The thing is, like, I know the energy around that city. It reminds me of Baltimore. Like, if you ever go down south, like, Memphis is, like, the Baltimore to, like, Nashville's D.C. And it's, Memphis is such a real city. Like, when you go down there, it feels it, it gives an East Coast vibe. Like, it doesn't give, like, a Southern vibe. Well, I mean, it gives a Southern vibe, but it gives, like, an East Coast vibe. Like, that grittiness, that toughness. And, like, that's why I like watching them play basketball because they kind of embody that but you know this is a wizards show so we gotta gotta talk about the wizards man (laughs) yeah we gotta gotta stick with the guys man so it's been since we last recorded it's been a a a very such a typical wizard stretch since we last talked kyle so we a couple bad losses obviously we're going to talk about the one today Uh, um as of as you as you said before it's mlk day is the time we're recording this and then they also had a bad loss on Friday to the Knicks that also paired up with a insane come from behind win against the Bulls, as well as a win against the oh no, they got waxed by the Pelicans. I'm lying. So yeah, just just the just the just the crazy comeback win against the Bulls. So I wanted to get your take, Kyle, first off. You know, is could this be any more wizards like? What are you seeing? You know, what's the what are we what are we shooting for moving forward? What do we think of this stretch that we just saw from the Wiz since we last recorded? This is who they are, you know? I mean, this is just just is who they are. Like they aren't they aren't world beaters. We knew that. That was a given. So when they came out firing like right before that, you remember they had five games and they won five games in a row. They they mm-hmm. uh some fans were like, look, that might be the turnaround for this team. I was like, after you lost all those games, they're, they're in a hole that they're not going to be able to dig out of. And I'm not trying to be negative about the team. It just is what it is. This just is who they are. Like, they don't have – I mean, like the stats I sent you earlier from uh, Crafted NBA, like, I mean, the, the offensive stats are just not great. I I think that's the biggest thing, like – you know, they don't have a top 44 shooter in the league, nor a top 25 player in the league uh, for Raptor, Darko, and uh, crafted DPM. And that's more or less just 
you know, just shooting metrics, those like advanced shooting metrics that they have from uh, craft the NBA. Um, and the thing is like, yes, Beal and, and Porzingis are, you know, the 22nd and 40th players and, uh, you know, like just, just their offensive game. The thing is like, that's not going to be enough to get it done. You know, the 20th and 40th best players in the league, if, or the 22nd and 40th best players in the league, regardless of what they do. If everyone else can't step up in this league, you know, they're not going to be a good team. If you don't have multiple guys in the top 50, you know, whether or not they're, they're the best starters or not. I mean, it's just not going to, they're not going to step up. And then offensively, it's just, you know, they're 21st in offensive rating. Uh, this was before the game today. Defensive rating, they were 16th. Like, Wes Unsell Jr. got brought in to be a defensive-minded head coach and a defense that just is in a bottom half of the league. Offense is in a bottom half of the league. I mean, you know, true shooting is bottom half of the, half of the league. They're playing at the 18th-ranked pace in the league. They're not pushing the ball down court. So they're not keeping people off their toes. I mean, this team just it there are some things to take away from it that you know, I will I will give the positive as well as the negative. So, you know, Delon Wright's playing well. I like the way Delon Wright's been playing. You know, it, it's funny, like I guess my guy uh Damo from uh from the pod with Brendan, you know, he he mentioned he was like he had this joke. He was like, DeLon Wright is like Ray Lewis. He's like 2000s Ray Lewis, the way he's playing defense with uh, the Wizards right now. And, you know, it, look, it, he might not be that great, but he's he's like the ninth best defensive player in the league right now, which is, you know, that's outstanding. And to me, like, look, if you, if you could have that guy as your starting point guard, and not to mention, this dude's playing great defense and – He's a 13th ranked passer and passer rating for craft the NBA. So you got the guy that is good on both sides of the court and then he's not starting. And I like Morris, but Morris is more of like a, a guy that you bring off the bench, you know, maybe like the second point guard off the bench, but you know, and he's actually 12th in uh passer rating per uh, craft the NBA. So, that's the thing. They have some good things too. Kristaps Porzingis and Daniel Gafford, Gafford at ninth and tenth in defensive plus minus as well, while guarding the rim. They're good rim protectors. Um, and you know that that's something that needs to be stated. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis sixteenth in defensive rating. So they have some good defenders on this team. It's not like the whole team is awful at defense. It's just that. The guys that were supposed to step up, like Denny, where is he? Where is he at? You know, where is some of these other guys? And then like Kuzma's making good shots in the end, but we need that from him throughout the game. And I think that's where it is. Cause like even t- today when they were playing against the Warriors, Kuzma had like seven points before the fourth quarter, I want to say. And that's just unacceptable for, you know, a player that wants to get paid this offseason. And I mean, he he did step up in the end. He hit a couple clutch threes, but that's not enough, man. That's not enough. They can't they can't keep going like this. And he has scored at a high rate, but you know, like that that's unacceptable to not score until late in that game. So that's where I'm at with them. 
Well, first of all, Kyle, I want to say I want to say thank you for being the analytics guy of this team because growing up in the in the AAU travel realm of basketball, where I was, you know, in the complete opposite, it was all eye test kind of shit. So I do appreciate you being that guy for our team. We need one of those guys always. It's the way to go in basketball moving forward. So I do appreciate you for that. Look, I did. I um, played AAU too. I played AAU too. No, I just but, had to no, learn but all I'm day. Saying, like, like. My father, like the as the you know the AAU coach, you know before I started playing and shit like that, like it was just all eye test shit. So like I would like the analytics oh, didn't come until I started watching the Wizards. But I do appreciate you pulling those numbers, bro, because it, it does really it, you know it tells you a lot of things. The first point that I want to go off of that you did talk about was the Delon Wright dilemma, which we talked about before. It's like it's it's like it's so irritating because you had you bring in a guy like delon Wright who has been you couldn't ask for anything more than what you're getting in delon Wright, right for what you signed him for signed him to a modest contract he's been a defensive dynamo right he's he's ran the offense he's done what you want to do it it's literally feels like that void of the backup point guard that we've been looking for for 20 years literally 20 years we finally have it and now what's the problem we don't have a start right i think that delon Wright right now is the best point guard on the roster, right? I think they're like the Goodwin Monte combination is, can be effective in stretches, but I don't think it's like a long-term thing, but DeLon Wright, realistically, if you want to win a lot of basketball games is not really a starter, right? And that's not a knock on him. He's just a very good bench player is what you have in him. You literally have everything that you've always needed for years in, in Washington. You now have, and you have, this is the first year that they have a serious issue with who or second year, excuse me, because with the Dinwiddie shit last year, but with a serious issue with who's running the one, right? So we can look at DeLon right and be like, oh, he's a starter, he's a starter. But realistically, we know how this team operates in the sense that this is not going to win us a lot of games. We have to rely on 40 minutes a night of DeLon right? Not a knock on DeLon right at all because he has been probably the fourth best player on the Wizards, realistically. Um, off of that, I kind of think that we as a as a group are kind of in a good headspace right now because we're not going to get on this podcast and and knock the the wizards like a lot of other people and and podcasts might do that's not a that's not a knock on anybody else it's just you know it's a very negative space um for the wiz right now um but we're kind of just in that mode where we know what they are right the front office doesn't know what they are ted leonsis doesn't know what they are the the roster doesn't know what they are but we know what they are Right. They are a middle of the pack team that's never going to lose enough to get a topic and they're never going to win enough to make any serious noise for, in the playoffs. We kind of just can't come to accept it. Right. As sad as it sounds, we know who Bradley Beal is. We know that Bradley Beal is a great player. It's the same. It's the Bradley Beal situation. And we're not going to talk about Brad much today just because he's been hurt. And we've already talked about that on a million episodes. But the Bradley Beal situation is the same as the DeLon Wright situation, just magnified a thousand times. Right. Because he's our best player. He shouldn't be our best player, but he's our best player. That's what we have to look at. Porzingis is a guy who, again, when healthy, he's you know, been spotty as of lately. But when he plays, he's great, right? Can he be your second-best player? Maybe, right? Like, he was solid on those Dallas teams realistically from just a second player. I know there was a lot of knock on him in, in Dallas, but still was putting up, you know, the numbers that you expect from a second-best player. Um, with Brad, it's, it's, you know, depends on the day realistically. Um, and then the last point is Kuzma, which we which can bring us into our, our second point of the day. But Kuzma kind of continues to show literally what the MO has been, right? Good player, good scorer, can rebound, can run the floor, has a lot of positive attributes, not necessarily enough to w- take the weight 
that the Wizards have had to give him with the injuries to Brad and Porzingis and carry a team, right? Kuz kind of, and you tell me if you think differently, Kuz, when he plays, to me, Kyle, kind of is one of those guys where he kind of moves as the game moves, right? So today, if the Golden State Warriors trying to rev him up, speed him up, make him commit turnovers, make him take dumb shots, that's the Kuz that you're going to get, right? If they slow him down, he's going to play slowly. So it's kind of turned into one of those things where Kuz goes as the game goes, depending on where he is in the pecking order. So if he's number one in the pecking order, expect and because teams know how to play him, right? They're going to speed him up. They're going to make him take bad shots. They're going to make him make bad passes, and they're going to make him become a playmaker. Is what they're going what they want, so that he'll turn the ball over. Um, good player, not a top player, which brings us into my next question mark: is this this report that's been going around that the Wizards are going to do everything they can to to keep Kyle Kuzma in Washington? So, what what are we thinking about about the whole Kuz situation moving forward, Kyle? You remember that episode of The Office when Michael Scott was like, no, no, God, no. Don't, I mean, look, I like Kyle Kuzma, but Kyle Kuzma, like, if you look at his stats, it's just like, it's like he's playing decently, but today was like a perfect example of, you know, why you can't pay this man. Like, if some other team wants to overpay for him and trade, absolutely take the trade. You know, this isn't, this isn't saying that Kyle Kuzma isn't a good player. I think he's a good player. But, I mean, dude went 5 for 20 from the field today, you know? And, and four of those shots are three-pointers. So, it, you're talking about a, a guy playing, you know, playing. he was playing small forward today, and I think that's part of it that, you know, that that hurt him a little bit because I think he's better at, at the four than he is the three. And he had 11 rebounds, which is great, five assists. But then you also look at, like, his turnovers. Dude had six turnovers. Uh, You know, he was a leader in turnovers for all players today. I mean, it was it was bad. Like, Curry and Poole didn't have as many turnovers in their guards. Like, I mean, everybody else had, on the Wizards, had, like, one turnover. I, I guess the most that anybody else had was Denny with two. But, you know, that's... That's unacceptable. If he's playing like that and he's supposed to be like the guy that's leading you, I, I don't know what what they can do because you want the team to be efficient. And they didn't show any efficiency when Kuzma tried to, you know, do his whole point Kuz thing. And, I, I mean, he he's hustling. Don't get me wrong. Like, Kuzma's a, a hustle player. Like, he's going to go out there, give it his all you know, run after and, and go, but it's just that he didn't get started until later on in the game. And I didn't see him drive to the paint enough. He only had four. I mean, he had four free throws. Like I, I wanted to see him, you know, go after some of these smaller players. Like you got a small lineup and go after them, go at their chest, drive it right into their chest. They're not, you know, I looked at, uh, I looked at the, you know, the Warriors had Wiggins out there and Wiggins, as we know, is a pretty decent defender, but, the thing is, Wiggins is significantly smaller than Kuz. Drive at his chest. Try to get to the lane. Um, you know, try to get to the free throw line. And I, I just didn't see that enough from him that will warrant me being like, okay, well, and this isn't this isn't just this game. This is going back a little bit further. But if some team wants to give the Wizards a couple picks, whether that be a first rounder and like a second rounder, like, 
you know, a, a first rounder and an expiring deal, even I'd take that because that's the best that you're probably going to get for him, which is sucky to say, but it, I mean, that's the situation that they put themselves in like Kuzma, you know, could I, I think he could have been dealt during the off season and you could have probably got more for him. Um, you know, I don't want them to make the same mistake with, I mean, Porzingis is a good player. Like Porzingis is a keepable player. And I think he's a winning player. But the thing is, like, we have yet to see how him and Bradley Beal fit together for a long period of time. Like, is he going to want to deal with this? Is he cool with this? I mean, this is the best that I've seen him play since the Knicks. Um, You know, I think that that has something to be said. Like, at, at the beginning of the season, who did we think was going to stay? We thought, you know, it's probably going to be Kuz. Beal, you know, obviously is staying for very – uh, 250 million reasons, but, um, you know, Porzingis, we were kind of like, I don't know if Porzingis is the guy that's going to want to stay, but at the way he's been playing, I mean, why wouldn't he want to stay? He's been playing great. He'll probably get a great deal from the Wizards. Um, you know, if I'm him, I'm staying, I get all the money in the world. I saw how much Beal got paid. I want the same amount. I mean, I want a crazy amount too, because I played well, I deserve it. That's what, that's the way I would look at it if I was him. You know, I'm a top 40 player on both sides of the ball, and then I'm a top 20 player on a defensive end. Like, give me my money. You know, I, I don't blame him for it, but when I look at Kuz, I'm like, man, maybe Kuz is the guy that they get, that gets traded, and then Porzingis is the guy that gets extended down the line because that's just, you know, how uh, Ted <laughs> rolls. He's going to give his guys that, you know, and, and Porzingis, I mean, he's played – great i think he's played very well like in any other situation i'd be like all right give him a contract if they were playing in a playoffs if if they were like a sixth or a fifth seed or something i'd be like yeah give him the contract but as currently constructed and then not to mention the whole tyrese halliburton thing when he was like oh yeah could have been a wizard i mean it's just like man i wish we could just go back in time and blow some stuff up beforehand before it got out of pocket. But, you know, can't really do that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I, the, the Halliburton thing is what it is. I think we kind of, we kind of have to sit and watch the team as currently constructed. Right. We've, we've spent too much time huffing and puffing just as fans in general about, what's happened and, and what, you know, mistakes we've made. It's kind of clear. That's just the organization we're watching. But I think as far as the Kuz situation, it's interesting. First of all, I want to give Kuz a major, major shout out after that, that game winner and, and, and when they played against Chicago, that's a t- the type of play that gets you paid in the NBA, right? Didn't shoot it particularly well during, you know, during the course of the game, stayed in it, helped lead a comeback, hits a game winner to beat the Bulls. They were down by 15 at one point in the, in the in the second half. So, you know, that's the kind of shit that gets you paid in the NBA, right? So I do have to give him a lot of credit because do the shoot, does the shooting come and go at times with him? Yes. But is he worth a pretty sizable contract? Yeah, probably, right? It's just the, the, the issue becomes everything we've discussed. You know, the Wizards want to win and they want to win right now with Bradley Beal, right? So it's not super far-fetched to, to if that's the case, to keep a 20-point score like Kyle Kuzma. The issue, the real issue at hand with Kuz and and what's happening is 
literally everything we've heard is he does not want to come back. Right. Which is fine. Like there's that, that if he doesn't want to come back, like that's, it is what it is. Right. I'm not, I'm not here to, to try to figure out the analytics or the, the reasoning behind why he doesn't want to stay or, you know, touches things like that, you know, but if he's, if he's making it known behind the scenes and quietly that he's going to test the, even if he's just testing the market, you still have to be very, very careful because you're literally talking about a guy who at the trade deadline, if you don't think he's going to be back is probably realistically the best player available at the deadline, right? He's the third best player on his team. There's not a whole lot of, you know, like the star driven trades don't happen as much as we think they happen in season. Like they happen, James Harden, you know, things like that. I got it, but they're not regular. So a guy like Kuz, if he's available is one of, if he's not the best player traded at the deadline, he's one of the best trade, best players traded at the deadline. So it's one of those things where it's like, for the Wizards, right? And I'm not even saying that, like, you know, you have to trade him. If you have the sense that, he, oh, I'm not sure if he's coming back, not sure if he wants to be back here, you at least got to take some calls, right? You at least got to listen to what, you know, might be out there, whether that be a first-round pick, whether that be this this deal that's been rumored, you know, with the New York Knicks, which, to be honest, if that ever got offered, I would – I would my fandom would be recharged if they were to bring in like an IQ or somebody like that for coups. Um, but it's just one of those things where it doesn't really make a lot of sense why they're so hell bent on. I get that they want to be competitive, but if you have a situation where a guy might not want to stay, you at least got to be open to things, right? Like the Wizards are so prone to like, I tweeted it the other day, and I'm sure you saw Kyle, but it's just like as soon as somebody plays well for them, it's just there. That's our guy. Rui Hachimura has a good stretch. That's our guy. Denny Avdia has a good stretch. That's our guy. Bradley Beal, that's our guy. Like, they pay their own very handsomely, right, which is a great thing in itself, right? Like, if you, if you play well for the Wiz, you're going to get your money. That's a great, you know, players type of thing in today's NBA. The problem is the bar is so goddamn low that you can average 12 points and two assists off the bench, and it's like, all right, here's $40 million. And then you look up and you're like, oh, we don't have any cap space to, to tr- you know, try and sign blank. So it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I think that Kuz is 1,000% playing his way into a very sizable contract. And I don't think that the contract that the Wizards might give him is even an overpay. I'm going to be completely honest. That's how good I think Kyle Kuzma is. It just it goes back to the ineptitude. It goes back to the recycling stuff. It goes back to... Kyle Kuzma on the contract that they'll probably give him in a, in a vacuum is probably fine. It just goes into all the other shit that goes into the, why the wizards are the way that they are just doesn't really make a lot of sense from a, from a franchise as a whole type of perspective. So there's my rant. (laughs) No, I feel that. I mean, now I will say going back to your IQ point, like if, if they could get IQ, I would love that, number one, because he's from – I mean, he went to John Carroll. You know, shout out John Carroll uh, school I used to cover. I actually interviewed IQ. Um, so that was, that was one plug that I can make that I'm like, yeah, I like that move. I interviewed him and uh, John Calipari for a story. That was, that was crazy. That was one of my favorite stories I've ever written. I think I remember that, actually. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a fun story. That was a fun story to write. It was, it was you know – it was interesting because, like, he was telling me this. This is something like going back a couple of years ago. I think it was 2020, and he was just like, "Man, I'm just excited to to have an opportunity to get picked." And this dude goes from 
that where he thought he wasn't going to be, he thought he wasn't going to be a first round pick at all. And the Knicks draft them where he got drafted. So it was cool. Oh, I, I think OKC actually drafted him and he got traded to the Knicks on draft night. So it was cool to see. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. He was, you know, Baltimore area kid. We got to give him his props and that would be cool to see him come back home to an extent. I mean, as close as he could get the home playing in the NBA, but you know, like you said, with Kuzma, just going back to that, I mean, I, so this is my thing. I know I'm going to sound like a nerd and I'm going to catch shit from everybody in their group chat because they're going to be like, oh, Kyle's a nerd. All he talks about is stats and, you know, these advanced <laughs> metrics and shit. Nobody cares about that. All we care about is who got that dog in them. And Kuzma, he got that dog in him, But the thing is, the advanced stats don't back up, you know, to me, I'm looking at it from like the, you know, it, it sounds so money ball, but if the Wizards were smart, they just play money ball. Just be cheap, be cheap and sign people that fit that advanced analytics mold, because guess what? All these guys are going to end up being cheap. You won't have to pay them a lot, a lot of money. And I know that sounds horrible. That sounds anti. I sound so like. I sound so union busting right now. Like I, I sound terrible. I'm going against my own like volitions right now. But I, if the Wizards truly wanted to be like a good team, they just go in this direction of just being like, all right, we don't have to overpay said person because we could get this person at a cheaper rate and we could sell high on this person that's about to make a, a shit ton of money. And I just don't feel like they've ran the organization like that. They're just like, okay, this dude, which is like, okay, fine. You want to, I feel like you want to appease the fans, but the fans are going to be way more appeased when you go on the playoffs every year, you know, and you might run in, might be a weird way to run an NBA team. Cause like the NBA has, I don't think I've ever seen a team run like that in the NBA where they play. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe like the, maybe OKC. But even OKC's paying SGA right now. And like maybe Utah, but Utah's gotta have to pay somebody in the next couple of years. You know, if Lowry, if Lowry plays as well as he does, they might have to pay him. But like, you know, those are the only two teams that it comes to mind. And I'm like, man, Celtics were kind of ran like that until like, of course, Tatum and Brown had to get paid too. But like, you know, maybe the Wizards need to go in that direction where they just blow blow it to smithereens and then just say all right well we got these young dudes on our team let them let them take us to the promised land one day and if we get right <laughs> you know we'll be fine like that's my biggest thing I, I think they gotta start running like the orioles now i know that sounds crazy to think too but hey look the orioles had a huge turnaround um i think that money ball way of thinking for the wizards would be a good idea like that's something that i would try to employ with this team because i think going forward you know if you i, I understand you want to put asses in seats and stuff but if you want to do that you got to win right this is true you know i think that i think that everything that we discuss with the wizards is Again, we're not, you know, we're trying not to, you know, to beat them down any more than we already have, but it seems like, like any other route 
would be better than the one that they're on, right? If they wanted to spend big and go, you know, go be the max dollar people for, you know, every big free, big, big free agent do the big three kind of deal. Okay. Like, fuck it. Like, let's give it a try. You know what I mean? But if they, you know, if, if that's not going to work and they should go the other route, the route that you're suggesting with the money ball shit, I think that would be great. But instead you have a middling team who pays big money for guys, realizes that they have buyer's remorse when it gets a couple years down the road. And now they're trying to figure it out. Right. Davis Bertans. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of just a recycled, we're kind of, you know, at this point, we're just, we're, we're beating the dead horse. Everything's recycled. It's year in and year out. The Wizards always say that they're better than their record. They're all, we're better than our record shows. We got to get the guys help. There's always an excuse about guys not being healthy, which I get to an extent. I don't think it changes a whole lot in the, in the grand scheme of things. There's always some excuse with this team, right? It's always Brad's not here. Kristaps isn't here. Kuz isn't here. He's injured. They're injured. We had a bad stretch where we played a good bunch of good teams. There's never just the blatant realization that, hey, this team is okay, but it's not good. It's not really good. It's okay. Right? You have a couple names on your team that clearly doesn't put fans in seats. Right? I think that's the big ploy for for a lot of franchises to bring in names is because they're going to put, you know, asses in seats. But I think that you know, with DC being such a basketball town, the, the realization is just that this, the, the ineptitude of this team is just is what it is. And hopefully one day that'll change. That's kind of what it seems like where everybody is. If Bradley Beal was a, was a name, right. And, and Leonsis just wanted to fill seats. We would have seen seat people sitting in, you know, when Brad got his extension, it would have been like, Oh, we got Brad. Let's go watch the wizards. Nobody wants to do that. So that's pretty much all I got, Kyle. I uh, I don't know if you want to close out on anything, but I you know I, I think we pretty much hit everything that's happened in the past couple of weeks. I'll uh, I'll toss it over to you before we head out. Yeah, so I mean I wanted to talk draft a little bit. I know you know. Oh yeah, shoot it. We haven't we haven't really discussed draft a huge amount. I mean we did the past couple times, but you know I want to say another prospect that I really like. Uh, hopefully he drops to the Wizards because this kid's a monster. Like I watch him play in high school. Cam Whitmore. Went to uh, Spalding, actually. So, you know, another another Rudy Gay type prospect. That's cool to see. Um, small forward, uh, bigger kid. He's about six seven, six six or so. And real strong. Like I, I really, I really, really would like to see. You know, Washington. If if he does fall to the Wizards, I mean, that wouldn't hurt one bit. I think that would be cool. You know, I don't know if you've heard of the Thompson twins. They've been balling out in the overtime uh, league a lot. And they've, I mean, they've been pretty good. Eamon Thompson, I would say, is a little bit more well-rounded, um, more smoother. His uh, his shot's a little bit smoother. But I saw Thompson. I really like his athleticism. Um, I, I mean, either one of them would be a good fit for the Wizards. They need anything that they could get. If they could get some wing scoring, um, that's huge. Because uh, eventually that... I just think that they need to get they need to get somebody that's going to raise the ceiling of this team, um, you know, and just start start taking shots at people like, you know, they got to start they got to stop being scared to to miss when it comes to the draft. I think that's the biggest issue that I've seen from Ernie, the biggest issue that I've seen from Tommy. That was the biggest issue. I mean, it's, it's been a big issue for a long time. Like I was looking back towards, uh, you know. I forgot who tweeted it. Somebody tweeted it today about Steph Curry. This was like years ago. 
Wizards put Steph Curry through a workout when it was come when it was time to get drafted during a draft workout and stuff. And then they ended up trading the the pick. They had the fifth overall pick. They traded yep. it for mm-hmm. Randy Foy and Mike Miller. And where did the Wizards go that season? Absolutely nowhere. And it was a miserable season to watch. That was the Gilbert Arenas, uh, Javaris Crittenden season, as we all know. And uh, they ended up drafting John Wall the next season, which I guess it turned out fine afterwards. But it was just like, this is what this is the stuff that we're talking about. Like they could have had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, like the Wizards could have had both of them. And you know, because I, I think about like 2012, pretty sure Clay was. Let's see. I'm pretty sure Clay went in. I want to say Clay went in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. If not the 2011 draft, okay, I think it was, he was 20, 11. 2011. Yeah. yeah. So. That draft, I think I want to say, yeah, that that's crazy, man. That makes me sick. Cause like, yeah, that makes me sick. That was the year that they drafted Jan Vesely, 2011. So I'm just like, man, just shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon. Just go for one of the, like, if somebody has a talent, that's just like so great that you need to get them. Absolutely. Go get that person. That's what you need to do. If they have like an elite shooting capability, do it. If they have the most, if they're the most athletic player in the draft, like I would have loved to see Shaden Sharp on the Wizards, for instance. Like if they could have traded up or something and got Shaden Sharp, or if they could have traded, like everybody was worried about them trading Kuzma. If, could you imagine if the Wizards were just like, all right, we'll trade up, but we'll get Jaden Ivey? <laughs> like, like that's gonna raise the ceiling. We know Jada Ivy's gonna be a dog. I mean, come that that's my only thing. Like that, that's the thing I get frustrated. It's not my only thing. It's a bunch of things to get frustrated about, but it's also like this is the chance that they have to show us that look, we have a plan in place, which I still don't think that they do because you know, someone is the owner of this team. And because that certain someone is the owner, the the issue, I don't, he needs to prove to me that he wants to correct the issue. And part of correcting the issue is just saying, look, we need to rip the Band-Aid off. Take the Band-Aid off. Change what this team does. Change how the team operates. And let's go get it. Let's go get after it. Because this team can be good, but they have to start swinging. You know, they were afraid to get Tyrese Halliburton because he had a wrist injury. Wow, congratulations. Like he had a wrist injury. You're afraid to take him. And maybe they might have thought Denny was gonna be off the board earlier. But uh I mean that that was a kind of the picks that I think they need to change the way that they go after the drafts, try to try to get someone with an elite talent and just let it rip. So I think, you know, if they could if they could get Cam Whitmore, one of the Thompson twins, and I think uh, you know, Eamon Thompson, if they can get him specifically, I think that's when the team takes it to a whole new level. If they can get in that top three, I pray, but we'll see. Well, hey, man, there you have it. Kyle's got the draft expertise going. As we get a little bit closer to the end of the season, you know, we're all going to be tapped in on it, but I'm, you know, I'm 
shout out to Kyle for being the early one on it because he's, you know, as we should be thinking about next season, Kyle's already on it for us. But all right, man, Kyle, shout yourself out and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here, man. Yeah, you can follow me at Kyle J. Andrews underscore. Of course, you know, we always talk sports up here, always talk about the Wizards. Um, we got two episodes coming every week talking about the Wizards, the NBA. Uh, got our boy Taji on the other episode uh, for NBA. So, yeah, hopefully Tex is back for that next episode, too. Yes, sir. Shout out to the guys. You know where to find them. And I'm, I'm your boy Jack at Jack.Season. Follow me on IG. Follow me on Twitter at Jack underscore Skolnick. You know where to find us, man. We'll be back shortly with that good NBA talk and that good Wizards talk. We'll be back next week. We out of here.